my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and my co-host, I'm very good friend, he's Dave. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, it is my pick. And, you know, everyone thinks I'm going to go down the route of a absolute B-movie martial arts film, which I almost did because I picked a few classics recently. <laughs> so I've got to go back to the Chris Phelps stereotype. But we've got the World Cup coming up. We both decided we're going to pick something regarding football, which is quite apt, really. So I have picked a movie, which I know is one of mine and your personal favourites from 2001. It's 21 years old. Now it's unbelievable. It's <laughs> so bad. And it stars Ricky Tomlinson, Bradley Walsh, Amanda Redman, and it's Mike Bassett, England manager. So Dave, hit me where you first remember watching this one. Oh, I think I saw this at the cinema uh, not long after it came out, to be honest. I mean, the, the journey for this one really starts even going back to 1986, the World Cup, when England went out to the hand of God, would have probably lost anyway, but that doesn't help us feeling sorry for ourselves. And then obviously Italia 90, we we were beaten on penalties by the Germans as well. And then we had this ridiculous time with Graham Taylor, who let himself be filmed during his disastrous England campaign. And then basically we all saw the documentary and it was the funniest thing in the world because it just made him look absolutely stupid. And I remember having in the mid 90s, you know, when fantasy football was on with uh, Frank Skinner and David Baddiel having the t shirt which had Do I Not Like That on it. And <laughs> you get to, you fast forward to 2001, and they'd already put out a few adverts about what it was going to be. And I can't even re- remember what the adverts were about, but I just remember thinking, Ah, oh, this looks brilliant. Now, I knew Ricky Tomlinson from his Brookside days, so I didn't necessarily have him pinned as a comedian, but it just looked really funny off the bat. And I tell you what, when I watched it, I was just like, this movie is made for me. This is this has charted the course of my time as an England fan right up until now, you know, and we'd been through the 90s, we were just embarking on the 2000s, and I just thought it was the most English film I think you could ever make and, and uh, you know, the, the most English football fan-type film you could ever make. So, yeah, I just really fond memories of this one. <clears throat> And it's not one that I have dropped, you know, and not watched for years. This is on my rotation. I'll watch this every few years. You know, had it on DVD. I've got it digitally now. Yeah, it's right up there. Well, Dave, I think we're going to be quite boring today because there's going to be no mismatch. We're not going to be going up against each other. I exactly the same. It's in my rotation religiously. I'll go on YouTube. I want to want a little Friday night Prosecco meanders, Dave. Mike Bassett usually pops up, usually two scenes, which I can't wait to finally talk about the podcast. I don't remember watching this first time around. I think it had been out about a year, couple of years, and someone said to me, have you seen Mike Bassett? And I was like, no. And it's one of my great friends, not you, Dave, but my other friend, Dave, who we used to go to school with. 
I remember him saying, like, you've got to watch it. And because he, he used to always quote to- Tonka, he's always going, right, boss, <laughs> yes, but and then like the Phil Neal stuff. So you're right, we had the Graham Taylor documentary. And it's actually on YouTube, isn't it, Dave? I mean, you were possibly going to yeah. watch along about that as well. So you've got to watch that. The Graham Taylor, do I not like that? It's 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 legendary. And also, I think as well, for, for me and you personally, I feel bad now because we had Bobby Robson, who everyone loved, got to the semi-final of the World Cup. Then Graham Taylor come in, and he was absolutely vilified, wasn't he? And I remember the turn, it, all the things was a disgrace. And mm. obviously, this this... Majority is based on Graham Taylor with a touch of Bobby Robson, which we'll get into. So, as England fans, this meant so much because it was basically telling you our journey from like 1990 to 2001. And I was a fan of Ricky Thompson. Then I had Brookside. I remember his Bobby Grant in Brookside, but also the Royal Families, Jim Royal, mm-hmm. Day, which I really like the Royal Family. So, knew what you were getting. Wasn't sure was it going to be funny. I'll tell you now, in 21 years, it just gets better for me because even now, we fucking that donut Southgate who's in charge of England. He's not far off now with some of the things that he's done. So I cannot wait to talk about this day. But yeah, what well, I mean, I know it's my pick, but this was me and you. Like, who's going to pick it first? And it had to be Mike Bassick. So I'm just so excited to talk about it. Yeah. So by the time this releases, we'll be just about to start the World Cup, won't we? Yeah. First, <clears throat> first match for England is against Iran. So that will be next week. Um, and uh, after the first couple of games, it will all probably have gone to shit. So we thought we'd get our nostalgia in early <laughs> before that time. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to get into this one, Chris. Should we get into the trailer? Let's go. This is the story of one very proud Englishman. First met Mike back in 1975. A loyal, steadfast family man. Just wish my dad could see me now. You know, he was he was like a father figure to me. About a year later, he got a free transfer to Plymouth, home to Hull, Grimsby and dined. What was it that attracted you to him? The glamour. An unlikely hero who hailed from football's lower leagues and in their desperate hour of need answered his nation's call. A new manager to take us into the World Cup. So you know where we're going to have to start, Luke? Scandinavia. England. To command. Christ. Centre stage in the greatest game the world has ever known. A man with one ambition. To win the World Cup. But first, he has to qualify. Yes. We invented football and we gave it to the world. Well, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to bring it back. Put it away, sir! Mike Bassett. The master tactician. An old-fashioned manager and the play is simple. Four, four, two. Three, five, one, one. Three, one, two, one, two, one formation. A man who's known football's highs. That's a big hit. And it's lows. Well done, Poland. Terrible, terrible shape. Terrible team. Unsettled. What sort of bloody injury is that? In order to be at one with the ball, oh. you must ultimately become the ball. <laughs> but with a little help from elsewhere, Luxembourg are winning. You're joking. He steers his team to the World Cup finals in Brazil. <laughs> and to fly his nation's flag with pride. Uh, England qualify. <laughs> Holding the team together with a combination of inspirational leadership and raw, bloody passion. 
But when it's time to be counted, when the chips are down, when the going gets tough, this is the last roll of the dice for Mike Bassett. Will Mike Bassett deliver? He's taking Argentina on his pass past Mike Bassett, England manager. Oh, bollocks. I've shit myself. With the film narrated by Martin Bazaar in a documentary form, we are told that the Norwich manager, Mike Bassett, is victorious as his side win the Mr. Clutch Cup at Wembley Stadium. The team later take part in an open bus parade, but the driver accidentally takes them down the wrong way of the dual carriageway, and they end up going down and leaving the entire team windswept. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Dave, I love it. Martin Bashir doing his full-on documentary, you know, it's so good the way the narration is. Like, you know me and you, we love The Office, we love that sort of mockumentary, that that fake documentary-type setup where everyone's playing up and just playing, like, all the stereotypes. And for me, this has got everything wrong with what English football was from probably the 80s and 90s. Mr. Clutch fucking cup, Dave, in Norwich (laughs) City. You know, it's like... They sat around the table just after this point, aren't they? All the FA big weeks, because it was always like the old old guard. They were always in the seventies and eighties. One they sat around mm. the FA, FA tail doing the FA Cup draws. It was proper boys' club and everything, like proper fucking yeah. out of touch. Even then, they were out of touch with football. You know, before obviously things have changed over the last years. It's not made England any better, but I think things have got better, <laughs> become more aware and then and more uh, inclusive for everyone, which which it should be. But I think it's just. It, it just feels comfortable and like, yeah, so they're going on a fucking dual carriageway and, and basically Ricky Tomlinson plays the same character in anything I've seen him when it's comedy. He's he, he sort of basically Jim Royal in this stroke, Mike Bassett. <laughs> it's the same character. He doesn't lose that, like, you know, I, I, I say this, Dave, through Gritty Teeth, but I, I do like Ricky Tomlinson, but that scouse wit, shall we say, Dave, you know, he, he delivers it in such a good way. I just love this movie, and I love the fact that they show the he's saying like we're after a manager, and they're sat there going, "What about him?" Oh, and yeah. obviously, one of them's Fergie. <laughs> yeah. He's still managing United. Like he's won the European Cup twice. He's won the league five times. You know, he's Scottish. Oh yeah. What about him and the naming like guys like Wenger? You know, he'd won the league by then, and they were reeling these people. And then it's like Clough. They were saying about you yeah, know yeah. the managers who's won this, that, and the other, but then they do the hand gesture that he's he's yeah. a bit gobby. So yeah, they were all in there, weren't they? Oh, it's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Next minute, everyone's at Mike Bass's door and he's there with his fucking knob out, Dave. And all we blurred it out as he comes down the stairs. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. My boy goes, You, you went, Dad, his son's a, he was a New England manager. He's like, Oh, fuck off. And shuts yeah. the fucking door. I loved it, Dave. Loved it. It is brilliant. You get a kind of life of Brian moment there, don't you? It's the same scene, really. He opens the windows, stark bollock naked. I mean, to be fair, you know, I wouldn't have done that anyway, but obviously with all the paparazzi there, he gets a bit caught out. But like you say, the comedy timing for Ricky Tomlinson is just... It's perfect because he's giving it the company line, you know, I'm the manager here, very happy and everything. And then he he finds out, like you're saying, he's just like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) Norwich, I'm off. But think back to it. It was, you know, a parody of those same conversations. So Graham Taylor got that job. What, they'd had one decent season? with Aston Villa. I mean, he'd been at Watford, hadn't he? But he he wasn't really one of the top, top managers, you wouldn't have said. And I remember at the time, 
because I was just obsessed with football through the late 80s and 90s, obsessed with looking at training videos and coaching videos and everything. And the, the shit that the FA were peddling out was all proper Sam Allardyce stuff. It was all yeah. just about playing the averages and, and stuff and looking at you know the percentage of goals. And they were saying, well, they, they come from crosses you know, and, and set pieces. So let's just focus on that and sod all the other stuff in the game. And it was just, you know, let's make sure when we lose the ball, you know, let's work hard on getting back into position and everything. And it was all just the really dull things. And England through the 90s were just awful, you know, and the, the players that they produced. I mean, obviously, you're a 96 we had a good little spurt on being the home team and everything, but it was not a good team, really. You know, it should have done better with the players that we had. So I think things are a lot better now. But going through this, it, it does remind me of that, almost that time where it's going from the old guard and then you've started to get the influence of, of uh, the newer European culture coming in and there's a, like a bit of resistance to that. You see it with the training later on. But Chris, the thing I love about this movie, because the jokes come so thick and fast, every time I watch it, I'll pick up something different. <laughs> like you say, to people who, there's loads of people who listen to us who I'm sure are not football fans, full stop, but are also not England fans. I mean, these days, I don't think you and I are that close to no. the England team, to be honest. You know, there's so much baggage that comes with that. But going back to this time and, and you know, through the 90s, I, I was. But it's the fact that, you know, you can't get hold of the blokes from the FA. And you can tell they're just fucking useless, aren't they? They've been in that position. They're all lifers. They've been in that position for like 30 years or something. And Mike Bassett's trying to get hold of the, the chairman. So he has to post a, a letter under his door, and he says, oh, there's nothing under here. And then he, he lifts the carpet up, and you see all of these letters. And he's like, yeah, there's one from Ron Greenwood here. <laughs> so Ron Greenwood. <laughs> <Mick> Shannon. <laughs> he says, I think we should drop Mick Shannon. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's not a bad idea. And, you know, like you say, this is from the fucking 70s. <laughs> But because he delivers it in such a deadpan way, there's no, you know, it's almost to Leslie Nielsen levels of, of deadpan, you know, the way he delivers it. I just think it's brilliant. And it's the fact that these little jokes that, that aren't the big obvious ones, they just relentlessly keep coming and I keep discovering something new. I, I just, honestly, I love this movie. I'm the same. I, I, I'm totally with you. That comment about Mick Shannon, and, and, and he, he's the guy off Benidorm, Mel, yeah. who wears the wife fronts. He's the FA guy because he's just like, if I'm not here, put a note under the door. And yeah. then you see, other than that note, there's about 20 notes. So I'm then thinking, obviously, how many managed to Bobby Robson? All, you know, I know it's a yeah. fake world, but I'm just laughing, thinking all these England managers have failed and they might not have if this fucker had actually lifted his mat up. He's like, I've not even <laughs> seen a letter. And then, my boss lifts it up, and it's fucking brilliant. It's the way Ricky Gervais lifts it, delivers the, the Mick Shannon bit gets me yeah. there. I'm fucking crying. Absolutely crying. And then what gets me is when he actually gets his backroom team. So he gets Bradley Walsh, he's David Gods, who's Phil Neal, who anyone who's watched the Grain Television, he's just a pure yes man. Anything that Bassett says, he just copies. 
yeah. then you've got Lonnie Urquhart, who's supposed to be Lonnie McMenemy, who's a fucking car salesman, who <laughs> the only way for him to become a car salesman is to become the assistant manager. He's fucking basset. So he goes, what do you want me to do to convince him? The next minute he's on the motorway driving this fucking Astrostone <laughs> Opal in it. He's like, yeah. he's had to buy the car. He's fucking brilliant, Dave. I absolutely love it. And when he's driving the car, that's when he talks about Tonk, uh, yeah. Tonka, Kevin Tonkinson. He's, and basically, he's Gazza. Yeah. He's Paul Gascoigne, a maverick. I mean, it's sad now knowing where Gazza is in life, you know, like what he's had to go through. But they play on that Euro 96 gas. So he's there on a fucking pool table in his undies <laughs> getting fucking beer and shots fired down his fucking throat. It's, and it's him off uh, Shameless as well. Kev off Shameless, but that's where they get the actors. But absolutely brilliant. I I watched this on my own and I can hand on heart say this and I messaged you about this. It's the weirdest experience watching a movie and laughing out loud on your own and then going, hang on. There's no one laughing with me. This is yeah. weird, but I, I couldn't contain it. I just love this movie. It absolutely makes me piss because it's just so apt how English football has gone. Even now, Dave, you can you can even say this has made it future proof because since then nothing's really changed. But I think the it, for me it's the biggest in joke, isn't it? Because yeah. like you say, if I, if I showed my kids, you know, the lad loves playing football, but he doesn't love watching it. But you know, if he watched it. And you see this Geordie, you know, Tonka, then he might laugh at some of the things that he does. But uh, all of us around our generation are looking at it going, Skazza, that. <laughs> yeah. 100% that Skazza. And it's funny to think back because, you know, when we started off that 1990 team, he, he wasn't in it. And then he came on, he started against Holland, didn't he? And he was unbelievable. He was like a, a player that we hadn't seen in an England shirt for a long time. And so he was brilliant in that World Cup. And then you have the, the whole yellow card. So we went out in the semifinals there, but we sort of love a glorious loser, don't we? You know, and then he was great for Tottenham the season after, but then he fucking did his ligaments in, didn't he? They Literally the in the final, the season after, and he was never really the same. But then... You know, come Euro 96, he kind of springs up again. You have the old dentist chair, don't you? So all the players were caught by the paparazzi with these. Basically, you sit in this dentist chair and then they're pouring all sorts of cocktails down your gob and stuff. They're supposed to be playing a match the next day or something ridiculous like that. You know, all of that stuff just goes into this character. So knowing all of that, when you see him on the screen and then, you know, he's obviously loads of drinking and then you know he's saying this is your last chance kind of thing and then at almost every opportunity he's crying about something which you know again was synonymous with Gaza wasn't it you know at the time and so just absolutely perfect but a load of the other like people that you've got on there as well a load of the other players you know did you ever watch Dream Team Chris who's on yeah, Sky I, I did watch some of it Dave yeah I did yeah, so one. some of the some of the players you sort of recognise from there, don't you? But like you had David Seaman, you know, walking around in the back with the ponytail and stuff, and you know you've got uh, is it Smalls Smallsy? You Smallsy, know, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like an Emil Heskey type, you know, got no confidence, you know, in front of cold kind of thing. I, I just it was such nostalgia; it was unbelievable. It's brilliant, and I think as well, Dave, like you. Know, 
when he takes his first training session and he's adamant about four four two. Now I am a big advocate for four four two because United's uh, best formations will be had two attacking yeah. wingers, two strikers. Nobody really plays it anymore, but he's adamant he's going with that. Obviously, he's an old school manager playing the lower divisions. Initially, writes down the team sheet on the back of a cigarette packet. Dave, they do the training session, and then obviously they go to the first game and get beat by Poland 2-1. So he's getting a bit of criticism, very much Graham Taylor in, in, in line. Mm. And I love the fact that the players start anonymously having this like interview sequence where like they've been blurred out like it's crime watch, aren't they, in the talk? <laughs> and it's obviously that lad. Because there's loads of the characters. One of them's Beckham, who's like on his phone to his girlfriend. He, yeah, he's a good yeah. looking lad. These different ones, you can just tell. Stuart Pearce is that guy who's in like Kingsman. Uh, he's in Green Street. He's in all the football hooligan stuff. He's, I think he was in, um, I'm sure, around this time. So Smalls, it. And him, who's the Stuart Pierce character, they were both in Mean Machine. I think one of them was oh, the guard. yeah. He, he, he was the guard, the guard who got then, stomped on, wasn't it? Yeah, and Smalls is the guy out of Lockstock and stuff as well. He's, <laughs> so, and he's in Mean Machine. So it's quite interesting. Filmed around the same time. Must have gone from one project, project to another. But it's just got all the beats there. But what gets me more than anything is they do the first game. They then decide, I've never realised this before, right? They're going to analyse the fucking games that you've got. Matt yeah. Bassett, uh, Lonnie, and you've got fucking Dodsy. And they start there going, right, come on, <laughs> let's go. Let's analyse the game. And then fucking Ground Force comes on, Charlie Dimmick. And uh, and she's there and it's like, oh, you don't get many of them for two in a bed. And they start watching a fucking gardening show over where she'll be analysing the football. And it's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> them little things I never really noticed they, I was fucking crying this summer it was so funny yeah no so I think the um, the guy out of Mean Machine so Gary Wackett so apparently he's sort of an amalgamation of like Terry Butcher and Stuart Pierce. I think um, you know that kind of real psycho come on but yeah I, I love how I mean you said about how he writes it the name on on the back of a cigarette packet but you get that layup don't you so again just perfectly set up so british to do you know i'm an old school manager this is how i do it and his first press conference goes quite well and stuff and he says yeah there's 28 names here i only put 26 <laughs> you got these players from Plymouth, Argyle, and York. <laughs> and it just says, tell me where it says Benson and Hedges on here. <laughs> I've got Tony Hedges and Ron Benson. He's 46. <laughs> fucking gets me every time. <laughs> just, and, the, and the press are taking the piss, aren't they? Like, who's your next call up? Lambert and Butler. Butler. <laughs> but because you've gone so far with the, with the lies, like, well, yeah. the mistake, he's like, come on, lads, can we get serious? Yeah. I've, I've always said if you're old enough, you're good enough. You're good enough. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love about this movie is, the fucking football cliches, because earlier on, he's getting interviewed by Martin Bashir and he's trying to anyone, and it's just this stupid line that really tickled me when he said, well, yeah, it's like my dad. He was, he was like a father figure to me. And Martin <laughs> Bashir goes, well, obviously. You know, fucking doesn't really, and then he says, on the train, I've got three things to live by. One, this B, C, and Z. And yeah. <laughs> going on about? Something else says four things, doesn't he? <laughs> It's just it's relentless. Fucking, it's but amazing. I, you know, he goes through 
And, uh, you know, it looks... Team get beat again, don't they? They're, they're shit, basically, and they're all just in the in the changing rooms. And this highly unlikely result, you know, Luxembourg have to win <laughs> to actually put England through to the World Cup. And again, it just it feels so much like the England team. You know, you you had a task, you failed at it, but you've somehow scabbily limped through <laughs> to get to the actual World Cup. So I, I love the fact that they did that. And then when uh, Mike Bassett's interviewed about, you know, uh, well, it's a good game and, and whatever, and, and he starts commenting on, yeah, all the looks and players, you know, they were great and stuff. But, of course, you get Tonka, don't you? And he's saying, oh, we're going to have a jacuzzi here, and he's oh. fine in the bath. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, no, I've shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like... Yeah, pretty sure Gaz has done that a few times. Yeah, yeah I think so. And then what's brilliant is they do an England fucking song. And, you know, is it oh, not, yeah. off, not off, on my head, son, not off my head, son, which is quite catchy, yeah. but he's fucking atomic kitten. And they're there, aren't they? You can clearly see the girls are dying to laugh. They must have been in stitches doing this. Like, And it's genuinely the line-up after Kerry Katona left. And I think Natasha's in bed ill or something. And they have fucking Keith Allen who shows his fucking knob. But they blur it out, don't they, when he's in bed? It's just silly because he's quite catchy, that England song. But I think one well, of he my favourite. Uh, he, he, he worked with New Order, didn't he? Yeah, to yeah. Do the World, World in Motion song and Vindaloo. Yeah. So he's, he's a bit of a legend, isn't he? I know there was mm. one a few years, a couple of years ago, the Euros with Vindaloo in a pub and he would fucking crowd surfing and everything. He had a right good time. But <laughs> I think what gets me is if, growing up for me and you, so obviously around about 88. I remember Republic of Ireland when I was 10 years old. And I think I'm like you, 86 was my first real awareness of England. Gary Lineker with his, his hand yeah. um, bandages, Brian Robson with his shoulder going off, Maradona. Hat trick against Poland to see yes. us through. Yeah, exactly. So I remember all that. And that's like my first real memory of, of supporting England. And then I remember then 1990 being really sad and, and gutted about Gaza. I even wrote him a letter, Dave. I was going to send him my medal because we won the into schools. Um, football tournament I got a medal I felt sorry that Gaza didn't get a medal I went to bed crying when he got sent off and I loved Gaza you know I still love Gaza to this day I, I really do but one thing that pissed me off as a kid was all my mates were fucking plastic paddies Dave like absolutely especially fake. in 94 exactly well 1990 as well because they went to the World Cup 1990 yeah drew one all didn't drew we? all one all yeah and all my friends, I'm not saying that, my, my granddad's from uh, Northern Ireland, but there's no way I'm born England, we, we've always supported England, unfortunately, I wish I hadn't, but there you go. But then you had the ones who were from Southern Ireland, so Republic of Ireland, and the dads were Irish, or the grandparents were, oh Dave, it was like at school, it was like watching Andy Townsend, Tony Cascarino, John Aldridge, <laughs> but one of them are fucking Irish, well they all played for fucking Ireland because they weren't going to play for England, all these fucking you know, second-rate players who were like, oh, fuck that, I can go and play in a World Cup, which I don't blame, I understand it. But we used to have so many people at loggerheads, and one of my friends used to put on an Irish accent, Dave. It was ridiculous. When he's with, <laughs> when he's with his family, he would put an Irish accent on, and we would say, like, what the fuck are you doing with that fucking Irish accent, you cop? <laughs> so when they're, in the, when they're in the actual airport, and, you know, the Scots turn up, don't they? And they're like, oh, it's yeah. the Scots. And they're like, yeah, fuck off. And 
even if she was saying it's like is Ireland the fucking England B team that's such <laughs> that's so on point and then the lad out of London's birding who was in Grain Jill the fucking midfielder blonde there goes what are you putting an accent on you cockney twat oh Dave <laughs> I was fucking crying going that is so true I'm like at the telly on my own but fucking right on the money because so many of them fucking supported these teams it was just well, I used to have fights and everything at school day. It pisses me off, as you can tell, to this day about that. Because it's like, support everyone. If you want to support Ireland, support Ireland. I always look out for Northern Ireland because my granddad, I don't. And if they were going to go for it, I'd watch the game. But I support England. You know, they start wrong with that, but we'd have mm. so many fucking dust-ups, Dave. Oh, something like that. But yeah, I just thought that whole sequence in the airport was brilliant. It reminded me of Anchorman when all the different weather stations meet up and the news stations yeah. and they all have that fucking <laughs> fight. It's brilliant. And again, though, it's such a point-in-time thing, isn't it? Because I, I don't know if they still do that. You know, generally, the players who play for Republic of Ireland today are actually Irish. Yeah. But it was Jack John, wasn't it, who kind of recruited all these players, and then everyone was searching for, have I got an, an Irish grandmother or anything? Yeah. And I don't think there the weren't rigorous checks, because like Cascarino... Just fucking lied. Yeah, no, <laughs> so he yeah. qualified. And what pisses me off, Chris, is like you hear him on like talk sports and stuff, and he's saying, Yeah, yeah, when we were playing, you know, when, you know, he's always using we with the Irish. And it's like, Yeah, but you're not fucking Irish, are you? You know, when he's commentating on like the current games and stuff, it's yeah. like, you made it up to play international football. There isn't a we, you're fucking English. You know, and like you say, fucking Andy Townsend, you listen to them all, they sound fucking cockney. And then, you know, to, to claim this this Irishness, that is ridiculous. Maybe they owned an Irish dog or something like that. So the, the fact that that was uh, thrown in there is brilliant. And like I say, it's such a point in time thing. But then when um, uh, the, the Scots, I mean, they rolled up first, didn't they? And they're yeah. sort of winding them up about Costa Rica. <laughs> I remember when they Costa Rica beat them one nil, and you know they they had all this ambition and stuff going into that World Cup, and then they, you know, they got drubbed. I, I don't think they they didn't qualify this time, Scotland, did they? Because that was the old joke, wasn't it? It's like, what do you call a, a Scotsman in the second round of the World Cup? A referee. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm one. just I'm just repeating that because I remember Gaza telling Ali McCoyce that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, that was the thing, wasn't it? And then I always remember watching uh, old reruns of Top of the Pops, and they had um, what was the uh, something Archie's Army or something like that. I, I can't remember, but you know, obviously filming Top of the Pops in front of a, a largely English audience, and then you got this guy with the ginger uh, hair on and stuff all the tartan stuff and then the lyrics are like uh, about flying the flag in the world cup and there's a line that's like england can they do it because they didn't qualify (laughs) (laughs) it's just like that is the fucking right sort of banter for me it's just like right there in the middle of london just fucking winding up the english I, i think that is brilliant banter to be honest but but yeah, and then they all sort of kick off, don't they? And it's such a brilliant, brilliant scene, that one. It's excellent. And when they get to like the matches, it's very similar the way it's shot to the movie we're going to do next week, which I'm not going to tell anyone because it's your pick, Dave. And uh, I, But it's shot very similar the way they do like the matches. You, miss, you know, they draw against Egypt in the first game. Then they get beat by Mexico 4-0. And oh, then for me, so good. we get, <laughs> <just> again, <laughs> 
What is it he says? Something really fucking xenophobic and derogatory, and it's like they they just want a funny hat or something like that. Yeah. We'll these. We're better than these Mexicans. They end up practicing with an invisible ball. Because oh, that's it. <laughs> they forgot the balls. Fucking Laurie ball. McNenemy's character drove around in his fucking Opal uh, with the balls. Dodzy can't get the ball off these kids. <laughs> They're doing a virtual game of football, aren't they? What if he even does a fucking scissor kick? Overhead man? kick, yeah. He might have loved his burning. But then <laughs> what's dead funny is that's when fucking uh, Lonnie you know, then Lonnie McMenemies, they're doing a fucking mm. chat about the, like analysing the Me- Mexico game. He starts going on about Ramirez, who scored the hatching. He goes, three cheers for Ramirez. Yeah. And Bassett goes fucking nuclear, doesn't he? He gets twatted in the face. It's yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> he said, I'm like, oh, you sold me. It's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was it. That was the, the final straw. Bang. He broke his nose in two places. But, um, no, that that was that was good. That, but I mean, when was it? I think it was after that, wasn't it? Where you know you, you get Tonka, and he obviously gets caught with a, a lady of the night in his room, yeah. <laughs> and, um, so he gets dropped. And you know, Tonka's with Mike Bassett. You know, Mike Bassett's obviously quite depressed. He's, he's down. He's on the antidepressants. Tonka convinces him, you know, just to have one drink. So. Uh, you know, two pints of lager and two Zampukas. Poor, poor, poor. <laughs> And then the next minute you see Bassett with his shirt off, dancing up on the bar. <laughs> Just one of my favourite pieces of editing ever, you know, where he's all downbeat and everything. And then he's just got absolutely hammered and just taking the piss. And then you get Pele coming in, don't you? <laughs> he's being interviewed and he's like, oh, bloody hell, it's the English. <laughs> <laughs> the FA guy comes in, he, he was ignoring him. And he, he's like, mate, get down, get down, gets him up there. And he ends, they take a dive, which is then the, the fucking pit paparazzi picture there. Like it's, <laughs> it's fucking, but just before that, one of the, my favourite bits, and it's in between them drawing against Egypt and losing with Mexico, is with the Benton and Edgy scene, is... Yeah. And this movie only runs at 90 minutes, guys. And I know we say, like, this is the perfect time for this movie. I think it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. But what's so funny is they're going to get on the coach, right? And you've got – there's a scouse lad who's actually in Brookside. He's a good little He was actor. in Mean Machine as well. Mean Machine as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was the little weasel guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. killed the other one. And then you've got uh, the guy with the ball dead. He's been in loads of different things. And he's like, hey, hey, Mike, Mike. And he's like, hey, hey, hey calm down. Come on. Be constructive, be constructive. So they start saying like, well, I think you should play Tonka there, get thingies to do his jinky runs. And he's like, right, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what else? And they go, well, I think you need to thingies so it releases him and it might get going. He went, right, right. And fuck off and gets on the coast and England fans have been held back. Dave, it's not one time I don't go on YouTube to watch that scene. It's the, the, the fans are telling him what he should be doing and you'd think he'd be like, right, get on the coach and recite what they said and go, right, lads, I've had a thing. And he just goes, fuck off. He's so <laughs> on point for me. I love that scene so much. It is brilliant because he goes from, go on then, give us some constructive criticism. And then they do. <laughs> and give him some really good tactical points. And at first he's like listening. And then, you know, he says something off. And he's like, ah, fuck off. <laughs> it's just a brilliant. Again, the the way that scene unfolds it and goes back and forth between him and the fans, it's so well executed. It's excellent, Dave. It's excellent. And I think 
There's a couple of bits. I, I got to hold my hands up and say, I feel an absolute wanker for like my thoughts on Graham Taylor. Obviously, there wasn't social media back, thank God for them. But I was pretty much in agreement with the press, Dave, and we all laughed at the turnip. Even stuff like poor Jason Lee on fantasy football. You know, I've got a pineapple on my head and that ruined that guy's career and his life. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, it was all things that was in the papers. And that. when some of the headlines come up for Graham Taylor, uh, and I watched some of that start of that documentary on YouTube and then you watch the start of this movie and it's like, wow, the fucking press are utter, utter twats. Mm. You know what I mean? We know that anyway. I know we know that. But it's like you utter, utter twats. You know, the hounding the guy. Mike, Mike Bassett's son has got wanker written on his forehead and he said to Mike Bassett going, <laughs> who's done it? He hasn't gone. You see, he's <laughs> Then he goes, fucking hell, I just don't know what's going on with you, son. He's like, he's being fucking bullied because you're yeah. the shit manager and all that. <laughs> It's like it's like David Brent or that. It reminds me of David Brent not being oh, so better aware. It, it just so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just Brent, and that's why I love it so much. But when he does the speech, when he's he's going to lose his job after the drunken mess, all the press are there, and Phil Jupiter's is uh, actually the the guy, the main reporter. Any of these, these um, mm. Paddy Maguire off Shameless is one of the reporters. It's a couple of like famous English actors and, and celebrities, you know, and they're like the press. And they're doing it. And he keeps mentioning about his dad with Rudyard, uh, Rudyard Kipling, doesn't he? You know, and he's, he's chatting away. Dave, I've got to say, I had a lump in the throat with his speech. And I, he, I would have run through a fucking brick wall for Mike Bassett when he was doing that speech. I think it's absolutely fucking excellent. I think it's a fantastic bit of cinema. Yeah. Again, I, I just think the whole scene is so perfect because you've got the press there. They're baying for blood. And he, he sets up his press conference. He said, Mike Bassett, he's saying, you know, I've taken the incredibly hard decision to stay on as England manager. <laughs> and everyone's going nuts. And, you know, they're saying, oh, come on, you know, your wife's left you. You know, really going below the belt, you know, talking about stuff that's happening outside of football, basically saying, we all fucking hate you. And this is at his lowest ebb. I mean, all through... The, the movie, really, we've we've had him kicked down. You know, we've laughed at him and, you know, it's been funny and everything. But at this point, you're like, fucking hell, can you imagine taking that form of abuse from a crowd full of people? And, you know, everyone at home hates you as well and your kid's getting bullied. And then he just starts saying that speech and you can't really hear it because everyone else is is talking amongst themselves, shouting at him and whatever, and then it dies down. And then he just, you know, uh, it talks through that whole poem. And when he gets to the end and he says, you know, and you'll be a man, my son, ladies and gentlemen, England will be playing four, four, fucking two. <laughs> it's like... Yes, <laughs> I'm like the same, and and again, I, I think it's such an English thing that we know this guy. He's not very good, right? We've seen so much evidence that he's so out of his depth. But something will happen, and then, like you say, you're ready to run through a brick wall for them. It's like I just brilliantly, brilliantly shot, brilliantly delivered. So you're right. He's so good, Dave, and I think. It gives me like the spine tingling when he did it. I honestly was just on for it. I was like, this is fucking brilliant. And what a way to end the movie because what happens then is they basically go on to win. They then go through and they beat France, Romania, well, hold on, France. Hold on, you can't, you can't just skip over the Argentina game. 
Because what, what was interesting about that as well, we played Argentina in, in uh, the year after, in 2002, oh, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. That was when Beckham scored the penalty and we won 1-0. Replayed, essentially, the, the game from here. But, you know, again, they're on the last legs. They've got to play Argentina. Lots of bad blood between England and Argentina. Obviously, there was the 86 hand of God thing. But, you know, preceding that, you had the whole Falkland Islands war, didn't you? Yeah. So, you know, lots of bad blood there. But I love the way they've shot this scene because rather than focus on the football, and I have to say, the guy who plays Tonka, not bloody bad, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes when, when you see football scenes, it, it looks a bit shit, but he looked like he had some proper skills there. But rather than focus on the pitch... The camera is just on Mike Bassett. It's in slow motion. You can hear the crowd as well. And you just see everyone, you know, someone jumps on his back from behind. I think it might be Dodsey, you know, the old Phil Neal character. And, you know, they've obviously scored. And then it's when they go to the, let's see a replay. Now, again, in 1986, Maradona scored with the hand of God, so-called, you know, blatant handball. Why Peter Shilton was fucking rooted to the ground is a bigger question I've got, Chris. I mean, Maradona is fucking knee-eye to a grasshopper, and you're getting out-jumped by him. But anyway, you know, lots of England fans very, very bitter about that. But it's when they do the replay, and he basically, he almost, it's a composite of Maradona's two goals then, because the other goal he scored is one of the best you're ever going to see. He just walks around that whole team. I still think someone should have hacked him down. But, you know, brilliant, brilliant goal and rounds the keeper right at the end. So you kind of get Tonka. He goes off on this mazy dribble and it bounces back off the bar. And it comes back. It's the most blatant handball you're ever going to see. It's like a full stretch. Punches it into the goal. It's the way the commentator, Chris, is like... Great header. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely love it. It's just, you know, again, completely ignoring the fact it's a blatant handball and then they win at that. So I just thought, again, it was just perfect for the English English fan at that time. Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. And and I think, again, you know, that scene got me. But after they do come home as well, it's, it's brilliant. It really is. It's so nice. They, they wrap it up really well because we don't have to see like the rest of the games. What Mike did, he's turned his own career and the teams around and everyone's just like behind him from that speech, And it, which mm. very fucking rarely happens during England Manage Dave. However, for the purpose of the film, we do get a happy ending. And they're on the way home. You know, he said, I'm going to call my wife when they beat the Argies and stuff. And then it's like, yeah, they beat the main in France. Rufus Small scores, breaks the gold out. All that thing. And it's when they get on the plane and he's like, you know, he's getting <laughs> off. And he's got a beard at this point because obviously time's a lot. Obviously constantly. Do you know why? No, Dave. So so they put a line in there. So they explain it. They said, you know, said I'd keep the beard. You know, I wouldn't shave while we're uh, oh, until we yeah. lost or something like that. But it was a reshoot. So you, at the end of it, he was just going to get sacked. But then they thought they'd leave themselves open for a sequel. So they had to get him back for a reshoot. Well, Ricky Tomlinson's normally got a beard. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, well, not fucking shaving it off just for, you know, one day filming or whatever. So that's why he's got the beard. Ah, I thought he he was going to be something like he was doing something else, but I've never never seen it. So, well, don't Mr. Horrocks. Nice bit of knowledge. But I do like when he gets off the plane 
and everyone's going crazy. And he's the first one off. And he's like, he's been through hell. His wife left him because of his son being bullied. It's been hell for him, hell for everything. And in typical football, fickle fans, fickle people <laughs> who work in football fashion, he's like, four more years because yeah. he's getting a bit of adulation. <laughs> and I just think it ends so perfect, Dave. What an absolute roller coaster ride of nonsense this film is. Absolute class. I, I think it's like me and you when uh, a reality TV program finishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh, thank fuck for that. Well, there's another one. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a brilliant interview, isn't it? Because, you know, Mike's giving all the, the party lines again. It's like, no, it's, I've had my go. It's time for me to step aside and let someone younger take over. And like you say, because the crowd's giving him a good response when he gets off the plane, <laughs> the way he delivers it, four more years. Absolutely brilliant. And I say, Chris, I had no idea there was a follow-up series to this. Mm, yeah. All on YouTube. I'd never seen it. So I'm working my way through that at the minute as well. It's, it's not as good. The, t- the writing's not as tight, uh, but it, it is still pretty damn funny. So, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying going through those at the minute as well. That's excellent, mate. Excellent. So, Dave, shall we get into our review scores? Let's go. Dave, I'll go first, as always. Um, it's my pick. I, I, I knew where this was going anyway, because I've, I've watched it in the last couple of years, but I absolutely love this movie. It might not be for everyone. If you're not into football, you've never really followed England, it might be difficult to understand. But if you followed your international team, guys, no matter what country you come from, I'm sure you've had these ups and downs and ridiculous managers, different things going on. It, it's just... For me, it just perfectly sums up how I felt about England. I'm not a massive England fan. I'll be a fair weather fan when the World Cup's on, without a doubt, Dave. I might even get an England shirt, but I don't watch any of the qualifying anymore. I'm just not interested. This was just absolutely my youth to a TV movie, and it still stands up for stuff that's happened after as well, which is so silly. So he's got to go to the top, Dave. It's absolutely a cloud city for me, and I, I love this, and I, I really want to watch it again because it's just perfect storytelling bollocks that I love. It's just perfect. <laughs> and it's about football as well, which is, you know, mine and your favourite sport. So excellent, excellent film. And I just absolutely adore this movie. Yeah, so hard to disagree with any of that. I think if you're born in the 70s or 80s and you're you were an England fan through the kind of 90s and 2000s, uh, uh, sorry, through the 80s and, and 90s, I think this is the perfect movie. There are so many in-jokes. I do think anyone who doesn't have that background can still watch it and still find some of the lines funny. You know, the Benson and Hedges thing would probably translate a bit. But again, you did have these real old-school managers who do things a certain way and refuse to upgrade and and you know get with modern methods of training and stuff they were poking a little bit of fun when they went to the science camp you know and it said at the uh previous press conference it said well you know the only positive the positive to take from the game was they had no injuries and yet they came out of that science camp with about seven injuries or something I just thought it, it was perfect all the the jibes about the team the self-deprecating stuff but also, it's, it's got such massive heart as well. That 
Kipling's speech, honestly, he's just fantastic. And I, I think I, I would love to know, again, anyone who doesn't have that nostalgia with it, can you watch that scene and not get a lump in your throat, not feel something from that scene? Because for me, it's just got massive heart. Whether you're an England football fan or not, I, I just think it's, it's brilliant. And so for me, yeah, no doubt, this is Cloud City all day long because I fit right into that demographic uh, that it's basically aimed for. And I'm just gutted. There was a Kickstarter, Chris, in about 2016 to do a sequel, uh, but it never got through, never got enough. Uh, they didn't hit their target. So I'm hoping, you know, that that's not quite dead. You know, who knows if we have a disastrous World Cup this time, uh, it might re-energize some people to uh, to get Ricky Tomlinson out of uh, out of retirement, and he can break out the old just for men again. <laughs> so he's eighty now, Dave. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some some retirement, but uh, no, brilliant, mate, brilliant. So, Dave, he's your pick, and on the same theme. You know, it was a toss-up between both of us what we are going to pick. What have you gone with, my friend? Well, this movie, Chris, it is one that came out in the early 80s. It is one that has some proper movie A-list talent. It's got the likes of Sylvester Stallone, Chris. It's got Michael Caine in it. It's got Max von Sydow. This is not necessarily about England, although there's a big heavy dose of England, this is the Allies versus Nazi Germany. And this, Chris, is called Escape to Victory. Or if you were in the US at the time, it was just called Victory. Now let's get into the trailer. How long will it take? Well, you must realize it's my busy time. Everybody wants to escape in the good weather. In 1942, the Nazis thought they were sitting on top of the world, never suspecting that they could be toppled in one conflict, the most unusual battle of the war. It has been decided that a German national team will play a combined team from the prisoners of war of the occupied territories. That's crazy. Okay, I'm ready to sign up. Sign up, And you ought to be exhibited in Paris like performing fleas. What about me? Get out. A stacked game. The Third Reich's finest against a ragged bunch of prisoners of war. The Germans thought they had it made. They couldn't run about for 90 minutes, they'd be chucking their guts up. Am I good? Or am I good? What's your name? You know my name. What's your name? I decided to join the team. The American? No. You use that bloody American style again here and you'll be fired. Look, you're playing every shot, play American. Can you do it with your mouth shut? Hey, the mouth and the hands work together, it's a team. This match is a propaganda stunt for the Germans. It's a wonderful opportunity for us. The Allied High Command called them crazy, and maybe they were. We want you to contact the resistance for us and arrange the escape of the football team. But I want to thank you all for your concern, but I'm really not planning on seeing Paris until after the war. Well, I'm uh, an orphan. I have no parents, no money. I'm not married. I don't even have a pet. And anything I might say in my sleep to the contrary can't be held against me. We don't want to be shot as a spy, do we? No. I don't want to be shot as anything. Victory. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Michael Caine, Max von Sydow, and introducing Pele. How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? 
is the time for heroes. <laughs> Victory. You've never seen anything like it. Well, Dave, I can't argue with that, mate. What a classic movie. Even more classic, Sylvester Stallone trying to pretend that he can fucking play football in net. He's even better. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's going to be probably the ridicule of this movie. But I know it's a Sunday afternoon classic that used to be on the BBC or ITV when we were kids. So and I've not watched it for a while, but I did love Escape to Victory. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. But... As always, massive thank you, guys, to everyone, you know, all our Patreons, everyone who supports the podcast. If you want to email us, vhsstrikesback at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, at vhsstrikesback. Again, if you do want to support us, get over to patreon.com forward slash Back. And as always, today's roll call of honour is Dylan, Stephen, Trent, Dan, Justin, Susan, Timothy, Alec, Paul, Matt, Keith, Dylan, Kenga Starson, Lucky Lulu Green, Herb, Jax, Math Plate, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farida. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support. It's really good of you. And if any of you do get a chance and you've not yet done it, can you drop me and Dave a review on your podcast catching app as well? Good or bad, we like to get them. It helps us get all them charts, and also we like reading them out when someone gives us a bit of stick. So, yeah, we really appreciate you guys. It's been, Dave, excellent. And at this point, I usually say, Dave, you know what? I've carried on talking. I've stitched you up, but I'm not going to do that. I think, and I know this was your suggestion, so we've got to go with it. We've just got to play that Mike Bassett speech day to lead us out because he's brilliant. Absolutely. So cheers for that, mate. Um, we'll hear Mike about what formation England are going to play next. <laughs> if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you and make allowance for their doubting too if you can dream and not make dreams your master if you can think and not make thought your aim if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap the fools watch the things you've gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss I love you boss lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to save your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them hold on if you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you and all men count with you but none too much if you can fill the unforgiving minutes with 60 seconds worth of distance run yours is the earth and everything that's in it and which is more You'll be a man, my son. Ladies and gentlemen, England will be playing four, four, fucking two. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because 
as it will be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's night. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. This is the Allies versus Nazi Germany. And this is, Chris, the Great Escape. Now let's listen to the trailer. And Dave, that is almost correct, but it's escape to victory. <laughs> Fucking hell, let me do that again. I always do that. <laughs> Fucking always do that. <laughs> They're like, where's Steve McQueen? This <laughs> <laughs> must be a deleted scene. He's not in Switzerland at all. <laughs> Still on his motorbike driving around Switzerland, yeah. Where's the footy? <laughs> James Garner, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm Richard Attenborough, sorry. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> I was going to fucking say it again then. <laughs> the fucking great escape. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry.